Welcome back, faders, to a final episode of season one of Fade to Gray. God, you sound so official. Dude, his voice just makes my panties wet every time. I can't help it. It's just, you sound like you're leading us into an episode of Dateline or something. It's kind of... (laughs) This week, on Dateline. What are you doing with us is what I want to know. (laughs) Yeah, you you should definitely be doing some professional VO work. Uh, I don't know. Oh, come on, Chris. I know you're just a teacher. Reading but... <laughs> books, audio books. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I do a ton of voiceover every day whenever I'm yelling at my students. That's that's my voiceover. Yeah, and then we do a little bit of voiceover on this uh, sweet podcast, which we're recapping right Re- now. That's right. What disgusting. A uh, year. Di- I just said disgusting. Oh, boy. You uh, are disgusting. I, I think that's maybe the, uh, the <laughs> subliminal truth coming out. I don't know what's going on there. Do you hate uh, us, Andy? Is this your last episode? Oh, gosh, no. I, I hate myself more than I hate you guys. Don't worry. Uh, there's, there's, no, there's no worry about that. But we're here to talk about how much we love our favorite episodes from season one. And uh, Omar, Omar, would you uh, care to spit us your, uh, your favorite episode? Yeah, I'll, I'll spit it your direction. So <laughs> out of the 20 that we released this year, um, I was thinking we had some really compelling guest you know guest maybe you guys have heard of uh, many you haven't um but i think the one that stood out the most is i was some z-list celebrities <laughs> some <C-list. laughs> the d- double double z's joey uh, spinson <laughs> <laughs> um i would have to go with josh wing um josh oh, wing oh, okay um he just brought it he, he he brought just like some real vulnerability um shared some stories that I wasn't really prepared to hear, you know what I mean? And um, having known him, met him once. Um, I think there were some things that happened on the episode that he wasn't prepared for as well, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you you, Homer doll? You're referring to the Homer Simpson doll, which I still currently own. Yes, yes, yes. And you know yeah. what? He, he that, that's, that's a good point. I, I see why it's your favorite because, dude, he held it down. He was so, so transparent and honest yeah. about everything and when you made that joke he just rolled with it and that's and we got the kind so of person. many comments we got so many comments from people saying thank you so much for that episode uh people who we'd never met before would message us and say you know right. oh my gosh i went through something very similar and it really helped me to hear that story and validated me um i you know there were guys in our uh, fade degree marco polo group who would say um, oh my gosh, you know what? Guess what? I was molested too. And for a long time, I've struggled with that and it's really fucked me up. But you know, listening to Josh Wing's episode, like I feel okay about it now. And it yeah. was just really, really, uh, it meant a lot to a lot of people. Yeah, that was episode 10. If you guys are going to go look for it on Podbeam or iTunes or on our website, Um, we, I would say, for me, it was, like you said, it was the people who reached out afterwards, you know, also telling their story and express, complete strangers who we have, we've never talked to at all, never had any FaceTime at all. We're saying, oh my God, thank you. Because it, it's given me the courage to like basically overcome some of the things in my life, giving me hope. The way, he, you know, with the spoiler guys, with, uh, you know, dealing with losing a child, you know, and, you know, not blaming God afterwards and just, you know, just the strengthening the marriage together, just 
the way he told the stories, I mean, so many people were just like, like, oh my God, like who is, who is this guy, Josh Wing? And where does he hide his wings? You know, so. Um, it was <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun. And when you, if you know the guy or have ever interacted or, you know, just seen who he is, even if on Facebook or whatever, he just seems like the most lighthearted dude and just so funny and easygoing. You would never, you would never even guess that he has been through all this in his life and overcome it and in a way conquered it and you you would never know that by by uh at, le at least i wouldn't no it definitely gave me the knowing that okay we're going in the right direction and we're making a difference even if it was just for like the one or two or the handful of people that reached out and said this you know uh, has made a positive impact in my life and it's helped me give me the courage to move forward i was like okay it makes it all worth it, it makes yeah it all I, worth it. I can definitely see why it's your favorite then it's definitely an important episode that we did and I'm, I'm super proud of it. So good choice, Omar. And uh, jo Josh Wing's a pretty good looking dude too. <laughs> the, like, I like this Lucas star vaulted one that you did. Um, oh, thanks dude. I really like that one a whole lot, especially, I mean, it made me cry. Like, I mean, especially cause the dude was so fucking cool and I felt like he would have really liked us and his vision and we'd like to have maybe partnered with him and done stuff. And, yeah. And now he's fucking dead. He's just in his, he was in his 20s, right? He was 34. 34. Yeah. Well, Lucas is my honorable mention. Cool. And I just mentioned it honorably, so I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Andy. Yes, sir. Do you think these guys need a little bit of news? I think so. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Mason, drop the beat. I hear you get your news from CNN. All these other fuckers watching Fox News again. Yo, Chris, don't they know that that shit is whack? Hell yeah, Andy, it is a white and black. FG fan, bam, we found another way. There's some noobs, motherfucker, on fade to gray. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of News for Noobs. We are so excited. We have a special guest. Matt Carter is in the house. Matt, it is really good to see you. Good to see you, yeah. Yeah, don't mind me. I'm not trying to creep. I'm just catching up. What's been happening? Not at all, man. Like, we're so happy to have you here. Uh, and have you even heard what we're doing over at Fade to Gray? Um, how do you think it compares to your podcast? Stuff's happening that's meaningful and it matters and it's cool we won't be able to keep up with it but that's our all we can do is try to is the way i look at it wow thank thank you matt that really means a lot seriously all you guys know a lot more about how to talk to people on the internet than i do yeah matt we we basically just got inspired to start this just out of uh, listening to bad christian and and really having a thirst for dialogue and and actually some nuanced conversations so uh it's, it kind of all stems from from bc in a way yeah appreciate it yeah, uh, in fact, Andy and I met through the BC locker room. Um, Soulmates, bromance. <laughs> and then once we were at the BC Marco Polo, uh, we created our own Marco Polo, the Fade to Gray Marco Polo, and we're actually uh, we're getting more people on there uh, than, than you are. some big numbers, Chris. That's right. Yeah, lots of numbers. More people over there than Bad Christian. Well, at least more people talking than Bad Christian for sure. Uh, Matt, what are your opinions on our Marco Polo group? The intimacy and the informality of it is is really insane, and it ha it has to be the beginning of going in to build whole virtual communities and stuff. It has to be, and it's really crazy over there. So I'm I'm going over there, and I want to 
do start doing stuff over there soon. Well, Matt, how does that compare to the? Uh, I think I think you guys are up to like 150 members in the uh, the BC Club Marco Polo. Average does, about 20 com- messages a day, though. You know, where yeah. ours is like 40, and we have like 500 messages a day. Yeah, something like that. So what 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 is going on over there? Is is it all well and good over there? Everything that's over there is total garbage. Like it's nothing good over there. Well, Matt, I don't know about that. I, I mean, wow. come on. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> come on, Matt. Ooh. That's, but, a, that's a bit. That's a bit dramatic. That is really dramatic, but. With BC Con coming up, I mean, you got to be excited. Um, I don't know if you know, but Fade to Gray will definitely be there. We got our own house, our Airbnb. Um, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be. It's going to be something beyond your comprehension. And there's going to be live entertainment that's interactive. That's going to be crazy. It's going to be really good and matter and personal. And you'll be a part of it it'll be your a place you hang out over there so matt we just had a, a bc clubber on recently josh wing i'm not sure if you got a chance to listen to that but seth did the intro yeah we also played some of that audio on the joey Svensson episode matt actually let me cue up a sound bite so you can hear exactly what we're talking about okay okay here it is welcome to the fade to gray podcast my name is seth and this week the men of fade to gray Sit down with the one and only Josh Wing for fun. Josh can be found writing music, playing guitar, ukulele, and the banjo. Josh considers himself a novice scotch and whiskey connoisseur. And it should definitely be mentioned. He has many, oh and I mean many, leather-bound books on shelves made of rich mahogany. Did you get a chance to hear that? And if you did hear it, what did you think about it? Yeah, but he was on the more possibly dramatic side, I would say. Well, Matt, don't you think it's okay to be a bit dramatic and not just be, yeah. you know, all funny and games all the time? I mean, it's, 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 it's weird. So, Matt, we recently had Joey on, and he, he talked a bit about, you know, Toby in a in a way that I had never heard before, and he he mentioned some things that you know he was a, maybe maybe a little pissed about. And I, I know Toby is your best friend, so uh, how, how does that feel when when you're basically your other best friend is shitting on your best friend? How, how, do you, do you value Joey's opinion there? What do you think? There's nothing that to really get. I don't think from his point of view. Ooh, that was pretty harsh there, Matt. Can't believe you'd say that about Joey. Wow. Yeah. That, okay. <laughs> All right, man. One thing that you talk a lot about on Bad Christian is that you dabble with uh, technology. Uh, you've mentioned that one of your favorite movies is Ex Machina, um, and you and Toby constantly talk about sex robots. And uh, you have talked about sex robots, and we heard robots. through the grapevine that you got a sex robot. Ooh. And I'm wondering, I think our, our listeners are wondering, have you tried it and do you like it? Yeah, that's a, a really good question. So if you think, I mean, it's a difficult line to walk, you know, on one hand, I like it. But on the other hand, I, I don't like it. Dude, I bet I bet that robot is wild in bed. Like Japanese lady with a ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't mean to hijack what y'all were doing. I'm just kind of excited about the technology all right matt well this has been super interesting and yeah uh, <laughs> thanks for coming on dude that's this yeah. has been very cool yeah we really appreciate it 
Well, I'm, I appreciate it. It was, it was nice talking to you tonight. All right. News for noobs. How about fake news for noobs? Fake news for noobs? What do you mean, Andy? What are you talking about? So those those clips that you guys heard are from Marco Polo, and we, we took the time to cut that up and uh, basically narrate our response and do some dialoguing and it, it and it worked. It it was pretty convincing if if I do say so myself. And I think a valuable lesson can be learned here today, and that is don't trust the news. Don't trust the news. Okay. It's fake. Fake news. Hashtag fake, fake news. So let's all do our homework and and maybe, maybe just check a source or two and maybe also admit that well, hey, we all have a bias, and that's okay. It's all right. But let's, as long as we talk about it and have a good conversation, like we just had with Matt Carter that was all fake, then I think that's all that matters. That's right. All you got to do is meet somewhere in the middle. You just got to meet in the middle, everyone. We'll see you next time on Fade to Gray. <laughs> Gosh, that segment sure was tops. <laughs> All right, I guess it's time for my favorite, and I, I definitely, since it's the most recent episode, and honestly, it's the it's the biggest get to me, in in my eyes, because I I love the podcast so much, and I, I love what they they have to offer. It's gonna be Joey Svensson. Mm. Pastor yeah. Joey Svensson. Pa- How did I not do that? <laughs> Reverend, <laughs> apostle. Rev- Actually, Rev- according Rev- to Andy, Daddy Joey Svensson. <laughs> You know what? I did call Joey Spinson daddy. That is correct. You and know, not in his bedroom. No. Although, although Omar, you definitely did ask him what he was holding while he was uh, podcasting with us. Well, the and, motions he was making, like I had to ask because I lost complete concentration. I was thinking he's just whacking it right here in front of us. He's just that comfortable. It was you a know foot what? massage. Again, you know, I, I know we covered it, you know, it, before. Um, it, it just it says something to me when a guy who does podcasting for a living comes on and tells you that he feels comfortable. He's like, dude, this is, this is awesome, man. Yeah. I, this is great. I've been podcasting all day and this is, this is good, man. You guys got a good vibe. And we're like, yeah, dude. And it was because we were giving him hell. We were just kind of roasted him and, and just being silly. So I think, I think the fact that, Yes, we can get serious sometimes, but we can also get real, real, real dumb. So I just be honest with you, real dumb, and just ha- just have a good time. Uh, we had there. a great time. Yeah, oh my gosh. dumb. So no, never. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really validating episode, though, for sure. A real milestone, milestone, I should say. Hey, Omar. Hey, Chris. I heard you have a brand new segment that you want everyone to hear. Man, you heard right. I'm so excited to let you guys know about sports. Fuck yeah. So if uh, you don't like sports and you're hella lame, you can go ahead and hit that skip 10 seconds a few times. Smash that button. We're going to miss a lot of fun. <laughs> Basically, me and Chad from um, the Fam Bam, he's been on a couple episodes now, um, Pastor Chad. Um, we decided to get on and talk about sports. And our first episode, we have – a 10-year-old guest who's schooling us and current NBA players and trends. And we test each other's knowledge with me and Chad, more old school. 
80s, 90s basketball era. Well, who is this 10-year-old kid, and how did you guys... Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you. This 10-year-old kid... (laughs) Well, let me tell you, Chris. Let me tell you. Uh, This 10-year-old kid, his name is Noah. He is a son of our new social media mastermind, Mina Long. I'm not, I'm not sure what social it. media is, but I know social, <laughs> social media is, social uh, is media how people is can media. get in contact with us. And my Fade to Gray podcast on Instagram. <laughs> Fuck you. Social media. Social media. <laughs> All these kids on that social media. <laughs> Damn right. Now you're I, saying right. Now yes. you guys are talking. I can yes. hear you. Now I hear so you. sports, fuck yeah. Sports that's fuck the new, yeah. That's the new segment. Along. We are yes. hot memes, Instagram, check us out. Yes, that's right. Thank you, Lena. Lena is a badass. She is. She, she right. definitely keeps us in our place. Welcome to sports. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's real good. This may be our first episode of sports. Um, we can't really say the whole name here today because we have a special guest. Um, the special guest is the 10-year-old son of one of our listeners, Lena. Uh, his name is Noah, and we've been talking a little bit about basketball. Um, kid seems to know his stuff, so we brought him on. We want to talk a little bit of new school versus old school, figure out what his goat is, his greatest of all time is, see if where this kid's basketball knowledge is coming from. Um, see, uh, you know, I think between me and Chad, we have uh, damn near 80 years of experience, um, pr- probably at least 70 of those years on the court. So, bring it, boy. What you got? Oh, <laughs> my. Hey. <laughs> Hey Omar, yeah. I hate uh, being this will be the first official sports episode. No one really knows who I am either. Oh, they know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just kind of a thought out there, you know, because I'm not really, I'm not the Godfather like you. So, so thanks. So now I just have to edit this out. Yeah, no, no, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> if we were next, you could just slap me if I was sitting there. <laughs> no, dude, it's all good because I'm not even sure that I want to talk about like how old we are. <laughs> Dude, I'm just I don't, talking about like, we got 80 years experience on you. Like, <laughs> like, back, back in my day, I used to like walk <laughs> the hill to play basketball. We had to make our own basketballs with leather that we to kill the neighborhood cats. Uh, their leather. I, I do have, uh, I've got a couple of questions I came up, or one question I, I came up with for Noah, whatever you want me to ask. Go ahead, go ahead. Let's see what this kid has. What what I am curious about, Noah, I mean, obviously you're a big basketball fan. Um, were you – do you play basketball video games is one question I had. Heck yes. Ever since, <laughs> ever since uh, 2K17 came out, I've just been collecting the games. And when I got the Switch, I was super excited because – I was like, I'll finally have good graphics, and I'll finally not have to wait for games to come out for so long. 
because the switch is like a brand new car. You normally run with Noah when you're uh, gonna if you're gonna sit down right now. We were gonna go head to head, and you know I'm gonna bring my my A game. You're gonna bring your A game. What team are you gonna sit down with the sticks with? Who are you running with? Ooh, dang. My favorite team on 2K18, my team, I mean, has got to be the Bucks. The Bucks? The, nice. the Milwaukee nice. Bucks. Nice I, choice. Nice choice. I see. know the re- in real life, they don't move the ball that much, but in that game, the passing is just good. So why do you think they don't move the ball as much? And you think it's just well, they haven't gotten the continuity? With- here's the thing. They pass the ball. They just don't. They just don't pass it enough. Like somebody will pass the ball, and they'll just shoot it and miss it. Like, and there'll be another another person. There'll be like three other people on the court wide open. So, do you think team. that's a coaching error, or do you think that's just that they're think, not trust? They're not trusting each other, or what? I think it's a miscommunication. Uh, between with the person who has the ball and the other players. Because Giannis, he's trying to put together the best team he can. He's trying to make his players great. But the other players, the other players are trying to work up with it to be just them and Giannis. So not only are all the players, but I'm looking at the roster right now. I mean, who do they have? They don't have anybody but like Thon Maker, maybe. I mean, Eric Bledsoe. I mean, has had flashes. Middleton's a decent shooter. I mean, the best communication I've seen is between Giannis, Maker, and Middleton. They're really getting it. But the other players are trying to make it between them and Giannis. So not only are they trying to Paul Giannis to earn his respect for themselves, but they're also feeling their other teammates that are actually trying to play. So yeah, um, do we even know how to say Giannis's last name? Does anybody want to try? I was going to ask him to say that. <laughs> Giannis on Anacumbo. Impressive, brother. Impressive. Very nice. Very nice. So, is are the Bucks also one of your favorite teams in real life? Yes, they shoot the ball well. They're just not one of my favorite passing teams. My favorite out of all is the Rockets because they know how to catch and shoot all their players. They know how to pass the ball and get the ball inside the paint and shoot. So that is your real-life team, though, the Rockets. Yeah, that's all the requirements you need to have a good NBA team. Still going to get smashed by the Warriors, though. That's all. So you like the Rockets (laughs) – Simply because of their talent, though, not because anything to do with Houston. Houston is a nice place, but no. Very diplomatic you, of you there. Very diplomatic. <laughs> so do you do you switch teams every year based on the team's talent? Yes, I actually do. So, so you do just you like basketball, of- then? You're not really a fan of a team. Sorry, yeah. Chad. It's, no, just, it's just like, it's just my point of view, really. Oh, I that's like, fine. Yeah, I like yeah, yeah. I like passing and catch and shoot. Yeah, it's ex- exciting basketball, basically. Those are those are two very important things you need. So I'm going to guess that James Harden is your favorite player. No. Wow. <laughs> wow. So who is it? CP3. 
CP3. He has he has catch and shoot ability. He has shooting ability, and he has passing. He has passing, like he's a better leader. I would say for like sure. Like Magic Johnson, like he has passing like Magic Johnson. Hmm. He can get the ball hmm. out of his hands in like point <laughs> two seconds, maybe. Like I, what? like I can barely see the ball go across the court on the screen. He passes the ball so fast. So why do you think he's never won a championship? Because he hasn't quite yet picked the team that he can turn into what it can be a championship team. The only thing is, though, he's played for, like, what, 14 seasons? Is that right? He's been yeah, on some pretty time. good teams, too. He played for the Clippers. He played for the New Orleans Hornets before the Hornets. <laughs> What's wrong with the Hornets, man? Come on. What's Charlotte Hornets? <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, no offense, Omar, but they were New Orleans then. Yeah, screw that. Uh, uh, then he got traded to L.A., and when he was a free agent, he signed to the Rockets. So you would definitely say it's Chris Paul's team then. You know, it's, it's not Harden's team anymore. It's Chris Paul's team. Yeah, Harden was a good point guard. He was a good leader. But now they have a big four, and but they haven't showed their – they haven't showed their talent yet. They have a big four, and they haven't shown anything this season. All right, all right. Well, what about you, Chad? You want to? What's your favorite team? Your favorite player, like right now? And then we'll talk a little. We'll talk a little old school. You know, right now, I mean, I, I like the Warriors. I can't deny. I mean, Steph Curry is just a beast. Kevin Durant's a beast. Clay Thompson. It's hard to. Yeah. Do not disagree. I do not disagree. They're doing very well. They, they definitely are. It's, you know, the NBA has always been tough for me to have a team to be completely loyal to. Uh, I grew up in Arkansas, and Scottie Pippen's brother is my mailman, so I was a large Bulls fan in the 90s, which also made it easy because they won a lot. But as the years have went by and Jordan left and all of that, it has been hard to stay loyal to a team. I've tried to root for the Thunder a little bit. When Durant was there, uh, the Thunder were easy to root for, and of course, Westbrook's awesome. They're only four hours from where we live, the Oklahoma City Thunder are, so we have a lot of fans. We have Memphis Grizzly fans here, too. We have a lot of those as well, but yeah, I'm just not loyal because there's no Missouri team. I don't, I'm not really that loyal to any, any certain team, but I would say Steph Curry, although I don't think he's near as good as Jordan, I think he is definitely my current favorite player. Agreed. Agreed. He's my favorite player, too, I'd have to say. Um, more because I do have the connection. Like, see, my favorite team to watch, um, I have, like, a regular season team and a postseason team because my regular season team has been pretty shitty um, my whole life. <laughs> I mean, not my whole life. When I was growing up, I got to see, like, okay, so I'm a Charlotte Hornets fan. So I got to watch LJ and Alonzo and Muggsy. You know, play back. You know, back in the day. <laughs> but so, um, but now I'm a, a fan of Steph Curry and the Warriors. I mean, I, I watched Del Curry play. I mean, I remember seeing Steph Curry and his brother come on the court 
when he was like Noah's age, you know, shooting three point shots and, and like just bank like nothing but net, nothing but net. And I was like, that kid's gonna be in the NBA someday. And sure enough, now he is. Now I feel old for telling that story. But yeah, we got to know. So what's your greatest of all time? Um, going back from, you know, Wilt days, you know, all the way to like, what do you, you think of like right now, if you think that there's somebody that's going to supersede everybody that we're talking about, who would you have to pick? One like, pick, one ring to rule them all. Like, or like, like who do you? Who do you think the greatest player of all time is and why? The greatest player of all time has to be Oscar Robertson. Because not only was he one of the first NBA legends to set foot on the court, but his way of shooting at his height and driving into the paint and having acrobatic skills like Kyrie think the dude could just do it all he was he was acting he was he was treating everybody like it was already 2018 so what do you <laughs> let me ask you this Noah how did you become educated on who Oscar Robertson is well I do study a lot of basketball from YouTube because you know lots of lots of millions of people put up basketball videos but Mainly, I learned my players from 2K. I didn't know any about the like the players or anything, except for like Steph Curry and Russell Westbrook. Because when I got my first 2K game, I lived in o Oklahoma, uh, so I would I got on the my career mode, and when I got drafted, I found out about like I got drafted the Hawks and the Pistons and the Raptors. I found out about like Andre Drummond or Reggie Jackson, Larry, DeMar DeRozan. Uh, there's. DeMar DeRozan is still playing though. <laughs> Howard. Yeah. yeah so, Dwight, Dwight Howard. Yeah, he was he was good for like a year. I, oh I, no, I, he he's still a rebound dominant person. He, I I'm surprised he wasn't on the All Star team last year. Well, I think that just goes to show you just how much the game has changed, honestly. I mean, you know, you're talking about Oscar Robertson and talking about how he was doing people, you know, back then, you know, like it was treating them like it was 2018. Well, what do you think about how much the rules have changed, how much the game has changed, how, how much um, people get away with flopping and acting and, and whining to the refs? You got, like, your MVP of, like, current – this current decade, you know, LeBron James, like, like going to like argue every whistle that blows, you know? Yeah. And, and, but also whistles come a lot more frequently now instead of like, I, I watched, you know, LJ going at it with, I forget who he was going at it with, but they were like elbowing each other in the head, like rolling around the ground and like, like nobody got ejected from the game. And like that, I mean, that was basketball when I was growing up and how is this like, you look at somebody wrong and get a technical and like thrown out of the game. So, Noah, tell me what you think about uh, how the game has changed, and then I want to hear Chad's favorite player. I think that the game has changed a lot. Ever since the shot clock was made, the game has gone from a slow cycle to a huge, really quick cycle. And sometimes the, the plays would go by literally in like 
like there would be 0.2 seconds off the clock and somebody would have already shot like there would be like two three seconds off the shot clock do you think that's good for the game or bad for the game though for like the game of basketball and how it's played like i think it's good because back then they were taking like minute long possessions it's just different strategy right nobody nobody enjoyed the game because it 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 was just non-stop hogging so so yeah the shot clock is is definitely a a good addition to the game the game we're talking post shot clock because even when I grew up watching basketball, we still had a shot clock. Come on, Noah, I'm not that old, and so I'm, I'm, I meant like <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about the physicality of the game back when Jordan, the Jordan era, the um, what's the Dennis Rodman era, you know, your Pistons, sorry. Isaiah Thomas, and Joe Dumars, Isaiah that's, Thomas, and Joe Dumars. That's what I was trying to think yeah. of too. And then Bill um, Lambeer, Dennis Rodman, they had they had the bad boys, right? And like normally, like. I, you wouldn't be able to watch an NBA game without seeing somebody leave bloody, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, that's just what you expected. And if you were the best player, if you were the best player in the team, you're going to get take, you're going to take a shot every time you drive into the lane. That's just like, no. Um, and that was, that was basketball, you know, and that was the way people play. That was how, that was the era Jordan survived through. And now, you know, we have the ticky tack fouls or like, you know, the charging calls, you know, the flopping basically is what I think ruined the game. AI also played for the Pistons two, three years. That's true. He did. He I, did. Forget his, I forget his name, but he, oh, um, Chaun- Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups, yeah. He's actually a pretty great player, actually. Was, Who's your favorite player, though, Chad? Let's, uh, I mean, you know, it's kind of. I want to hear it. Yeah, I mean, this is easy. I mean, I know you're going to agree with me. I mean, I think I just don't see anybody who can compare to Michael Jordan. And I would suggest. Noah, uh, playing with the Bulls some because it sounds like playing with the Bucks got you into Oscar Robertson would be my would be my guess the on the NBA games. So dive into the Bulls and see the master himself, Michael Jordan. I've I've seen tons of things on him. He was a great player. He was a great sportsman. He showed mercy to a lot of different players. Why would you pick Oscar Robertson over Michael Jordan? Like I said, he was playing. He was doing acrobatic things near the hoop. He was crossing over. He was he was playing almost like Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I see. So you like the acrobatic showman side of it. I, well, then you got Magic Johnson though, who was the showman himself. He he was he was a passer, but he didn't average most amount of points. I remember him winning a few MVP awards. But not that many because of how much he loved getting those assists. Yeah, I think ball skills, though, passing, like, being able to be a floor general, like, and defense um, are all far more important than scoring. I mean, scoring is one of those things, you know, in the NBA, like, I mean, like, that's where you get into new school versus old school again. Because, I mean, that's any more, any, any more now. It's all about everyone wants to be the next Steph Curry. Everyone wants to shoot the ball from half court, you know, three quarter shots and nothing but net. And that's all anybody wants to do. And that's, but you got to be able to play defense, man. You got to be able to like man up, you know, put, you know, put your knuckles to the ground and like put a body on somebody and not and not give up the, the layup, not give up the easy points. You know, like, like even even Steph knows how to play defense. Um, I know you're a Jordan fan too, right, Omar? 
Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think just because you have to look at the overall resume, you know, and it's not just about what he did, like winning scoring titles and, and changing the game. Actually, I think the reason I, I choose Jordan is what he did to the game of basketball. Um, yeah. For the same reason I don't like what LeBron has done to the game of basketball with the, with the flopping and the whining. Like, I blame him. Maybe it's not his fault. It's just the error that he he could have influenced it, I feel like, in a different direction. But I feel like everybody feels entitled and can complain to the rest because of what LeBron has done. I see what Steph has done to the game of basketball where everybody wants to be able to shoot the ball from half court like we're talking about. But I, but I think that none of these people would even look at a basketball if it wasn't for Michael Jordan. I agree. And, and how exciting he made the game of basketball. And, and like literally, like just like – and the, the competitiveness that he had of against going – he wanted the best player you had against him every night. And he would tell you what he would do to you, and then he would do it to you. You know, mm-hmm. and like, yeah. just, just and like not like loud so everyone else needs to hear it. Just so just going to get in your head mess with your head all night long. He, he, like, he was one of the best trash talkers in the game. Just so like, I'd say just fr- from just like hands down from like from top to bottom, what, it ta- what I think it takes to be an NBA player is Michael Jordan. And, and also just the legacy that he's done uh, to the NBA that shaped it. That like, I don't like the direction it's going now so much, but I mean, you can still see his influence on the game now today. Appreciate having you on, man. Um, We'll have you back on later to talk about playoff basketball or something along those lines. So, Noah, you've been great, brother. It's been great getting to know you. Right, be cool. Stay in school. Listen to your mom. <laughs> Dude, Omar, that was actually a pretty good segment. His yeah. voice went up there. He's actually lying. <laughs> He's lying. He's never heard it. He's never heard the segment. He's making that shit up right now, guys. Fake news. <laughs> Oh, oh! That's just gonna yeah, be my and, thing from now on. Anytime and, someone's voice goes up high, it's just you know, he's lying. They're lying. And <laughs> and I loved you guys' news for noobs this week. It was great, man. Glad you liked it. Did you hear that? His voice went up high. He's lying. <laughs> hey, Chris. So, what was your favorite episode of first season of Fade to Gray? You know, um, I have to go back uh, towards the beginning of our podcast and say. Probably my favorite episode would be that of Paul Matthew Harrison. Um, he had such a compelling story, you know, and he's an author. He's written three books now. Um, All the Clever Words on Pages, God Told Me to Marry You, which is kind of the book that we talked about the most on the episode. And he just released this last week a new book, All the Clever Words on Pages, Part 2. So um, very well-read guy. Uh, his story is incredible, you know, like it really resonated with me, his struggles of belief and unbelief. And he's someone who's, you know, constantly searching after God and is still in the dark, you know, like it, it's what, what do they call that? The, uh, yeah. So anyhow, he's, uh, he's just such a, an intriguing guy, very well-spoken, very well-read and dark uh, night, the dark night of the soul. Yeah. Dark night of the soul. That's it. I guess Batman, uh, it's Batman. Is that bad? I, I truly had never felt like I had the IQ of 20 until we talked to that guy. Dude is so smart and so well spoken. Yeah. yeah, really. And his story is literally like unbelievable. I mean, if the guy wasn't so genuine and spent so much time, you know, with us afterwards and the fam bam and you know, like discussing all these stories, like fielding all these questions, he's 100% genuine. Great, great dude. I love you, Paul. Um, and also but, his favorite band is Genuine. <laughs> 
nice. <laughs> and I like cheer him up. But, but yes, Paul Matthew Harrison was a great guest. I feel like you know like, he'll be back. He's one of the people that like his story was one that like you can't make it up. You can't make it up to go like the things he was hearing from God and seeing happen the next day and go from that to just nothing. And his whole story about, you know, God telling him to marry the girl and how that worked out. So buy his book, um, listen to our podcast. Dude, it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) My honorable mention would be the Brady Harden episode. Oh, yeah. That was actually our most downloaded episode of the season, actually. Brady's that Brady that was a good badass. one. We we uh we did that episode on a Sunday morning and we were all just in such a good I, I just feel like we were in such a good mood. We were so we were just feeling it. I don't know if it was like that Sunday morning vibe, but we we were all like kind of feeling like, ooh, we should like we used to be in church at this time, you know, like, oh, we're so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was it or what. But it was it was really a good episode. Good and then episode. he categorized us on the uh, gay scale. <laughs> right. Right. The gay scale. Yeah. Or whatever you, know, you I don't, call it. I don't think we ever got Chombies because he wasn't on the episode. But I, oh, I think. Uh, what is Chombie? Uh, you know, I, I think Chombie would be. Don't uh, forget to plug the Life After podcast, too. That's Brady's podcast. That's oh, the thing yeah. that I believe that is why it was such a great interview is because he was just like, you said, he was like way laid back, but also very professional at the same time. And so um, with us, I mean, we were all really green really green um at that point and recording and recording together so um that was one of those things like you were saying andy i think um why it felt so good because i was thinking it was one of the first episodes that we did where we really felt like it was clicking um as yeah. we were yeah that was the, that was the second episode i was on actually and do you guys remember he actually gave us a bunch of pointers about things we could do to be more organized and sure and all uh, he stuff. actually recommended slack didn't he yeah he did Oh, shout yeah. out to Brady for Slack. Shout out, Brady, dude. We still Come don't know on. how to use it. <laughs> no, we do not. It is horrible. I don't understand it at all. But it's I'm pretty good. Slack. I don't know. I, I know how to be Slack. <laughs> Cut me some Slack when it comes to learning Slack because I I just – Elizabeth is probably hating all of us. She's just like, what the hell? Learn it. She didn't, yeah. She just what? kept the podcast afloat in organization. Oh, gosh. she Yeah, she's a lifesaver. Uh, she's a lifesaver. Hey guys, we're not done yet. Not done yet. Wait, wait, wait. We know what the listeners really want. <laughs> One more segment. And so here it is, guys. The last segment of the year. The last movies that molded me. So go spark up your blunts, get your drinks, get some popcorn, and listen to us talk about the motherfucking Google! Welcome to Movies That Mold Me. Um, this is going to be a fun segment where basically we talk about uh, movies, entertainment, you know, TV shows, cartoons, um, mainly from the 80s, 90s that kind of molded myself and a few of our uh, members here at Fade Degree around the round table and just kind of talk about different, different ones that were rather impactful and maybe even the difference in how movies were made then to how movies are made now with storylines, plots, and what was allowed or acceptable. Anyway, so moving forward, I, I feel like the first one that we should do um, is The Goonies. All um, right. Goonies yeah. was 
released in 1985. Um, story by Steven Spielberg with a star-studded cast. Um, um, I think Chris probably could name off the cast members better than I could. And well, come I will, on. You got Corey Feldman. You got uh, Brand sticks out the most. Mikey. Like the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> mouth. I can't think of their actual. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Sean. Rudy. Aston. Yeah, Rudy. This <laughs> <laughs> is Rudy. A great, great cast. They went on to do like a lot of other things in movies. And it's just um, real interesting seeing in 1985 um, what was allowed because the whole storyline is a bunch of kids who just basically like leave home when they're not supposed to and go on this crazy, like, all holds bars of adventure, you know, like basically goodies never say die, you know, it is like continuing moving forward, forging, forging through whatever came their way, you know, like coming together as a band of, of, let's say band of brothers, but obviously there was uh, um, a couple awesome female leads too, as, as well that were, were in that movie. So yeah, um, who we got on, on the call today? Let's, uh, let's talk about it. I'm, I'm going to let, uh, let's see, who do we got here today first? Yeah, what's up? I'm Chris. I grew up on the Goonies, I guess, uh, two years old when it came out. I can't remember the very first time I saw it, but I've seen it probably at least a hundred times in my life. <laughs> Would you say it molded you in some way? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've even been to Astoria before. I, I went there specifically Ooh. to check out the Goonies house and, and go to no, Cannon kidding. Beach. To see, no, I'm not even kidding. Wow. Go to Cannon Beach to go see, um, you know, the Haystack Rock where they had the doubloons, you know, up with the rocks out there in the middle of the. So, I mean, I, I've got to see all that with my own eyes. It was awesome. Did you find treasure? No, I did not find one eyed Willie's rich stuff. That's right. Gotta get the rich stuff. <laughs> It's because I never found the, uh, it's because I never found that old, uh, what was it? Like a restaurant and I was never able to get into the, mm. the basement, the, get to the fireplace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so great. It's so great with chunk breaking the water bottle. And so then they hear the, the running water and they're like, ah, we have to keep going. It's the only way out. It's funny rewatching that movie. Cause then you see like, uh, Mikey intentionally gives chunk the map you know, and just cause he knows he's going to break it. And then whenever chunk is in the basement, of course he brings, he breaks the water bottle or the whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> and we have, we have Heath here too, but I mean, you were born in, I mean, this movie is way before your time. So. Oh yeah. I watched born? it a lot. I was born in 1993, but we okay. had tape. We had it on tape. <laughs> VHS. Huh? Yeah, dude. Watched it all the time. Did you have like an older brother or older sister that introduced you to that? Or was that just something you had around the house? No, it was my dad. My dad. Okay. He always had all his old stuff, old, older videos. Cause you, cause I'm not very old. <laughs> I mean, I, we had like five, five or six tapes total. Three of them were just stuff we recorded off TV, but, uh, we had the Goonies and I watched it all the time. Didn't know what was going on. Cause I was so young that I didn't understand half the conversation, but I watched it a lot. I did that with a lot of movies uh, over the years. And more recently, I've started rewatching this stuff. I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have watched this back then. Maybe not so much <laughs> with the Goonies. But... Goonies wasn't so bad. Just maybe the restaurant scene like, was kind of scary, you know, with slot, the introduction of Sloth. Yeah, with the freaking and... blender. 
in the blender. Yeah, the blender thing definitely traumatized yeah. me too as a kid. I think like the chunks hand in the blender. <laughs> they, throw the toma- they throw the tomato in first for the effect and see, and then right. You know what's funny about that is I actually was watching the uh, I was watching the commentary on that, and the kid that played Chunk he actually ad libbed a whole lot of that. And he was uh, making those actors and stuff like laugh out loud during that period. So, like, the, where you see the the two bad get the two Fratelli brothers like actually laughing at his story, they're you know that's a genuine laugh because he's just making that shit up, which I think is pretty hilarious. That's awesome. That's pretty funny. Yeah, and that kid's not even an actor anymore. Uh, he is like a lawyer now. Um, who I, I can't remember if he helps like uh, child actors out, or, but he does something like that. Cause I know that he was pretty traumatized by the filming of the movie, uh, specifically the truffle shuffle. Um, oh yeah. You know, he's a fat kid. He's not mm. a fat adult, but like as a kid, you know, he was obviously paid to do the movie and they were like, Hey, do the truffle shuffle. And he was like, no, I don't really want to. And they were like, do it. Yeah, I mean, that's your job. And so I think that kind of actually traumatized him. And so therefore he went into a, you know, he still he still works in movies, but he's a lawyer, you know, for that kind of thing. I'm sure That's crazy. I'm sure being as old as he was, going back to school like going to school after that movie, everyone he ever was around was just like, Do it, dude. He's like, Please no, like, do it, nerd. And they start picking all the stuff. <laughs> he probably still gets asked to do the truffle shuffle. Hell yeah. Now he's a murderer. I would fucking <laughs> kill to have people ask me to do the truffle shuffle all the time if I was a kid on the I always wanted to be data. <laughs> he was pretty cool. Was a, he was the coolest. I thought fifty dollar bill. I, I love how he just crashes through like the screen door, and the mother's just like, "Oh, Data's just must be here." Yeah, That's all she said. She didn't even care about the screen door breaking or nothing. <laughs> but yet she cared about the mess. <laughs> The worst part was just the fact that, like, for her, if she had realized it, they broke off her favorite piece of the statue. It would, <laughs> the movie would be completely different. That's right. <laughs> It'd just be filmed in, like, a bedroom with kids just sitting around <laughs> playing Atari. Yeah. Ethan. Yes. You're here, too, aren't you? I am here. I was a year old when the movie came out, and I watched it for the first time an hour and a half ago. <laughs> uh, I grew up in a life. very strict Christian household and the Goonies was not allowed. And then wow. it was just one of those things. Like when I got on my own as, as an adult and it's like, I can watch the Simpsons and I can watch whatever I want. I'd caught up on a bunch of old movies, but the Goonies was never one until today. So what'd you think, man? So how has it molded you in the last like 30 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> if I had seen it as a kid, I would probably love it. As it is, it is Uh terrible. It's awful. It's so bad. This is sad, man. That's rough. All right, right, listeners, don't don't listen to Ethan. I think he's been drinking one too many, not your father's today. (laughs) So I approached it as like an adult, like a rational adult watching a movie. And like they, they have that huge contraption to open the gate. And I'm like, well, they didn't close the gate. Like, do they have to go get the bowling ball and bring it back? Do they have to, like, blow up another balloon? Do they have to make sure the hen's actually laying an egg? You know, like, and then, like, you know, those guys from the country club come and the gate's closed again somehow magically. I'm just like, what? what's going on here? You know, that is really funny because, and Heath, you mentioned Pee Wee's Breakfast Machine. Like, that was a huge thing in movies about that because Pee Wee's Big Adventure, or yeah, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, I think that came out the same year. 
1985. So you you see a lot oh, of that's uh, another movie. You see yeah, a lot sure. of those kind of contraptions back then. <laughs> Just a long wasted amount of time. <laughs> Mousetrap. Right. Mousetrap was a very popular game back then. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that that actually does make sense then. That it'd be in there. <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I thought about that too. Re watching it um, for this segment, I thought about that too, and I'm like, why doesn't he just push the gate open? Like, because all right. it is is like basically at the end of it all, like all it was was a string that pulled the gate, and so like you could just have like a string tied to the gate up to your front porch on a pulley system, and then just like do that just as easily, or like roll the bowling ball, and as the bowling ball rolls, it like just opens the gate. But anyway. Yeah, when you're... It's almost like the producer was like, uh, this movie's not quite long enough. Let's add a one-minute segment of, like, really stupid gate-opening techniques. (laughs) (laughs) Just kids that were just bored, so they just put stuff together. That's all it is. It was definitely made for a kid movie, though. That was great. That was, like, the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I could, like, I I recognize, too, like, if I had seen this as a kid, like, you know, Hook or any of those other childhood movies, I'd be like, oh, this is an amazing movie, but... Yeah, at 34 in 2018. I was like, that's not how asthma works, kid. <laughs> stop, stop puffing on your inhaler. You're doing it wrong. And then he throws the inhaler away at the end of the movie. And he's like, who needs it? I'm like, you do or you will die. <laughs> Super irresponsible things to teach any kid. Can't oh, right. the, the entire the entire movie is like irresp- irresponsible things to teach kids i mean like from like <laughs> leaving the parents house like when you're not supposed to and like the mother's all like you can't even go outside because you, you can't breathe and he's like because you might come take- down with asthma because that's right. a thing that happens yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then they steal that little girl's bike yeah like you said Heath, that was, was yeah. my, bike, my bike i want my bike i always <laughs> but, laugh at that that was the, my, cr- that was probably my favorite part the craziest thing, though, is the fact that, like, back in 1985, it wasn't a big deal to, like, go and ride your bike, like, halfway across town or to the neighboring town or, you know, be be gone from sunrise to sunset and your parents really aren't that worried about you or concerned about you. Oh, sure. It's a completely different society now. Like, that's the one thing that I saw, like, looking at the movies. Like, there's no way that, like, you should be deemed as a horrible mother at this point, like, you know. Like losing sight of her, her kids for that long, not knowing where they're at. You know? Right. I felt nostalgic watching it tonight about parts of that because I'd never even seen it before. But I'm like, I feel nostalgic for my childhood where that was a thing. Like you could go and play all day. All and like about, your mom was like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that everyone's kind of feeling that way. I mean, you have all sorts of TV shows coming out now, like uh, Stranger Things or the movie It, you know, where it's a throwback to the 80s. And the reason they're doing that is because you can't make a movie set in 2018 where kids can go out and explore because it doesn't happen. Right. So they're having to actually, like, go back in the past to do these movies because that wouldn't happen today. There's no way that Georgie gets taken into the sewer by It because no parent's going to let their kids out in the rain like that. It's not going to happen. Yeah, and the yeah. kid would just pull out a cell phone and like Google like 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 clown clown, clown clowns in <laughs> sewers. Yeah, like and be like don't go don't go in the sewer with the clown. I'd be like, okay, uh, I can't with go. Hey Google, to, should I go I into the sewer with a clown? <laughs> uh, well, Searching for speaking, sewers. <laughs> that would be a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, oh, thanks, man, guys. The Goonies, yeah, the Goonies represents so much for me. Like, uh, I, I just. I love the adventure of it, you know, like it's, it's all about being adventurous and, you know, when it, whatever you think about the Goonies to me, it just, 
brings back that sense of like adventure and Definitely. you know it's kind of scary at parts if you're a kid and it's kind of funny at parts because you're a kid right and i guess ethan is adult he just feels nostalgia watching it even though he hasn't even seen it but for right me, for me it's just like it brings back those memories of like wanting to go exploring and doing all that stuff and i think that the movie does a pretty good job of doing that that movie got i also felt nostalgia music. for indiana jones while i was watching it yeah because uh data is basically short round from exactly. indiana jones <laughs> exactly <laughs> like it's like they copied him and put him in this movie <laughs> <laughs> I kept expecting him to go, Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones. <laughs> yeah. And it had a good moral lesson too. I feel like it's just like, you know, your inhaler. banding together, like as fr- friends, you know, no matter what, taking on the world, you know, like conquering, like the evil insurance company that's going to like take over your parents' house. You know, it's like, you know, it, there's like hope, you know, and at the end, like they, they win, you know, like they conquer their adventure. They, you know, they get the treasure. And, and well, so everyone loves an underdog movie. story. Everyone yeah. loves an underdog story. I mean, you've got these poor kids from whatever they call the boon, the, the goon docks. Right. Um, and <laughs> really they're not poor. Cause look at that house. Right. Uh, they have the, uh, they have the Mexican lady come in Rosalita and then you have mouth translating for talking about the drugs and stuff. Oh, God. <laughs> the sex dungeon every yeah. single time. But but yeah, they people love an underdog story. So that's why I think that movie still resonates today is because you've got the you know, the poor people that come out on top at the end, right? They they yeah. have some treasure so they're they're able to keep their houses and stuff and the the big bad um, you know, golf course isn't going to come in and take over the goon docks. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a rags to riches kind of story. It's, it's just something people love to watch and, and love to get behind. I think the majority of the eighties movies were underdog stories. Were they not? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's what I the love. Ones. I've always felt yeah. like an underdog. Um, I think they did a really good job as well as, um, setting up the, the family and community relationships there. So like the, the first, what was it, 10 or 15 minutes of the movie, they're in the house, like, you know, interacting as they would on any normal day. And you can see the community ties of like the neighborhood kids that spend time together and the, um, you know, the relationship between uh, who's a brand and Mikey. Is it Mikey? Is that the main yeah. character? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there it. we go. I was like, am I making that up from the life cereal commercial? <laughs> <laughs> I think. He and, uh, and you can see their, you know, antagonistic sibling rivalry stuff going on. But then there's also. Uh, after the country club guys come and they leave and Mikey's out on the porch and Bran comes out and he runs over and hugs him and comforts him. You know, it's like, Oh, they've got like that whole family thing down of like, you can be antagonistic brothers, but you're really family when it counts, you know? Yeah. And that was throughout the whole movie. Right. You know, like I thought they did. I thought they did that. Well, good family Thank values. <laughs> the movie's winning him over as he talks. About yeah. It. I thought you didn't like it. Like it sounds like, Oh, it I sounds... like parts of it, but like overall the whole movie was garbage. <laughs> By the end of this, it'll be most of it. Like the, I'm supposed to buy the fact that the pirates got trapped in this cave and they could dig intricate tunnel systems and set up like, you know, booby traps that would make the ancient Mayans be like, Whoa, man. Yeah, but they couldn't get out of the cave. Like, and Chester Copperpot being like an old man could only make it five minutes into the, the journey before he died. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. He didn't face uh, half of the, like the actual, like 
Like he'd even trip the booby trap. He, like, I don't even know what killed him. He just like like sat down and like died like, right right before like the first booby trap. So, booty trap. Uh, it was an impossible <laughs> journey. Did you say booby trap? That's, <laughs> That's what I said. said. Booty trap. <laughs> One thing uh, that I'd like to talk about real quick is the bad guys in this movie were all actually pretty likable. Um, yeah, they were kind of zany. You know, like uh, even sloth at first kind of being seen as a monster or whatever. He turns around and he's, hey, you guys, you know, by the end. They have an it in the basement, guys. It's right, exactly. Yeah. That's the part that bugged me the most out of the whole movie. I'm like, this isn't like a happy-go-lucky kids have adventure movie. This is like a horror movie of the family that kept their kid chained underneath the ground and like tortured him with a opera music and kept like food away from him like i was like this is a horror movie like that poor kid <laughs> yeah but but then but that's uh, also we just gloss over that part to to start wanting to support the underdog here right which of course right yeah you got it yeah <laughs> and he can relate to the goodies because he's also the underdog but like ann ramsey who plays mama fratelli like she is yes. one of those 80s you know, old ladies that you think of very fondly whenever you think back. She was in Throw Mama from the Train. She was in Scrooged with Bill Murray. She's just hilarious. There's one one scene I remember, I guess it was a little controversial when I was a kid. She's in the restaurant and she kicks him out. Get out. And she closes the door and there's a close up on her face and she goes, kids suck. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a real 80s thing to say, I think. Anyway, she's just tired of it. So Goonies never say die, guys. Goonies never say die. Just remember that. That's one of those things that, like, to this day, like, if you said, like, we'll bring back nostalgia, even if you haven't, like, grown up in the 80s. I'm really bummed out that Andy didn't show up because I was going to make the Andy, you Goonie joke. But he's not here. Ah, man, missed opportunities for sure. Because the girl on, you know, the one that was in (laughs) the girl, Andy, her name was Andy, right? Yes. Which, by the way, the guy that plays Troy the jerk oh. talk about probably our actual main antagonist here, right? Like Troy, the big jerk. Okay. Do you know he's gay? He's gay in real life. Oh, interesting. Oh, thank God. Is he really? Yep. <laughs> What's the number? Uh, I'll give it to Ethan later. Well, thank you. <laughs> I asked. <him. laughs> Can I have the 1985 version of you actually? <laughs> yeah. I don't know that you're going to want the newer version of him. I say newer, but the modern one. That's something that's interesting about this uh, movie. The fact that, like, Corey Feltman is, like, one of the main actors that leads with Mouth. And uh, his name is Mouth. And um, if you know anything about his story or who he is now and what he's doing and what he's, like, has been, like, this whole big push for, um, you know, basically there was him and a bunch of other people in that era young child actors were like apparently being molested by like um like either older actors or directors or just executives producers executives people in hollywood it was just like i guess a normal type of a thing supposedly you know like i mean but this is this is from the mouth of like one of the main actors of this movie so knowing that too and going back and watching this movie full of like you know kids it's like oh man like oh man um, that's kind of a yeah. downer. I wasn't sure that I really wanted to put <laughs> like, that. Oh, man. I mean, it really, really is because you're just like, uh, like it kind of opens your eyes. Like, I mean, is this what, what he was talking about? Is this one of the, cause this is one of the main movies he was in. I mean, there was a couple others, 
I think it's pretty rampant, though. Like, I mean, you got your Harvey Weinstein, or whatever his last name is, who's doing what he's doing with, with mo- I think, females only. But then you have people like James Gunn, who's fired from Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, and come to find out he's got, you know, private messages with people talking about how he's masturbating to 16-year-old Justin Bieber. You know, and it's just like, Kevin man. Spacey, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Spacey yeah. and his thing, you know? Like, I mean, there's just some crazy shit going on in Hollywood. And, of course, they like to virtue signal and say that they're virtuous and that they, you know, are against hate and everything. But here they are being the worst kind of people. So so great yeah. movies, but just a bad time to, like, I guess, be a child actor or actor in general, you know? Yeah, like, I, I like yeah. to exploit the shit out of those movies, but, but fuck if those kids didn't get abused. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, so so <laughs> tune, tune in next time where we just like, depress you about another movie from our past. <laughs> one to five. Which one? Wait, which one was bad? One. One. Uh, two. Two on the grayscale. Uh, Ethan gives the movie The Goonies, which shaped my childhood. A two on the grayscale. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Moving uh, right up. Moving right along. Um, <laughs> Heath, what would you give it on on, on the grayscale? Probably freaking like 4.3. 4.3. Nice. Yeah. I, li- I like the point three. What would the, what was the, movie. the point three was for the mousetrap contraption door opening the gate. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't consider that 4.4. 4. <laughs> <laughs> and a half. And a half. And a half. All right. All right, Chris. Man, I give this movie five stars on the grayscale. Five stars in the grayscale. All right, Amen. so I like that here. We're rounding up that two rapidly here, and, and I think, and I think, just because it, I, I can't believe that it even got a two, I think I'll have to give it a, a five, a solid five, just to to give it some respect of what where it deserves it, in this place <laughs> on the grayscale. That I'm gives gonna, it an overall total of four point one, 1. 1. on the grayscale. Four point what? Four point one. Nice. I was doing the average at the same time, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) So 4.1 in the Grayscale listeners. And so if you have not checked out The Goonies, I definitely recommend it. Um, Hell yeah. Well well worth your time. And if you have like a group of friends or significant other, it it would be a good date night movie or just a good hang and chill movie too. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Do your thing. Get it in. (laughs) And we'll catch you next time. The beautiful face of smoke. <laughs> nice. Makes you moist. That's real nice. Oh. On the moist scale. <laughs> that, you know what? It, it is cool. It, it's cool because, dude, we have so many different personalities on this thing, and it's it's really nice that we get to represent uh, all these interests, and we get to include. Uh, listeners it's really awesome yes that's that's the vision with faded grade is building this community you know and everybody has a story to tell everybody has you know a part to play you know basically everybody's role in life is important and that's kind of like let's say that's the vision of faded gray yeah right that's kind of like maybe the underlying thing in my heart but like the vision of faded gray basically is just that that community of believers non-believers it doesn't really matter your political background affiliation but that we can just come together and have like civilized conversations coming to the round table, looking like basically to gain knowledge, not to just spew out like your opinions and, and leave, you know, or try to find 
somewhere where it's just a group think type of a um, echo chamber. Uh, fan, the fan bam, <laughs> whether you like to call it that or not, basically the Marco Polo family of um, Fade to Grey um, is all about listening you know like we have people like you know every other day that maybe get, might get frustrated you know but you know as you check your own heart a lot of times it's like we recognize the frustrations are coming from stuff that's not even inside the conversation and once we are starting to realize that we're able to really kind of put down a lot of our defenses and hear what the other person's saying a lot more clearly so come yeah, join. i, I completely fun. agree it's been great you know this first season was kind of an experiment for us i think and it was like Omar kind of came to us and just said, Hey, you know, I, I like your perspective on things. You, you don't think like I do. And uh, I'd like to, you know, talk about serious shit um, and, you know, have a lot of fun at the same time on a podcast. So let's go do that. And I, you know, want to thank you, Omar, for starting this thing. And uh, it's been one hell of a, one hell of a ride, man. Well, it's been a lot of work and I just want to thank um, all of you guys, you know, Sean B. Chris for doing all the editing, like, you know, the content yeah, bringers, Andy, and myself, my, my wife, you know, Seth, um, obviously Mason and all of his hard work. Oh, man. <laughs> but no, he's, man, he's and, really and putting Ethan, the most hours out of all of this. <laughs> <laughs> We're fucking with Mason, obviously. You guys probably heard his voice once if you, if you guys have been listening to us that long on one of our first, ep- first one or two episodes. He's um, always playing the uh, News for Noobs music for us, though, which is pretty nice. Right. Yeah. And speaking of yeah. music, we, we have, you know, Heath that's, you know, you know, is this so easily just cranks out some some tunes. We're like, we kind of want to hear have a sound that's like this. He's like, cranks he's, out. he's like, oh, you mean like this? We're like, oh, that's, yeah, it's a little bit better than I expected. And you did that in like 10 seconds, but thanks, buddy. Um, and, <laughs> and then Ethan, our voice of wisdom on the podcast man so but all you guys that's why i thank you for wh- what you guys bring to the table and the hard work i mean i know it's like tireless hours is that something people say sure uh, basically sure. Not, but it doesn't make any sense though so uh, look at us go with i know you guys work into the like wee hours of the night you know sometimes not getting any sleep with the editing and uh, lena with the memes i'm seeing like we're posting on social media at two o'clock in the morning where we're really, dank memes <laughs> we're releasing podcasts at like three o'clock in the morning and i'm just like are, are these people sleeping what's going on here i'll go i'll go on a, a trip with my my wife and kids and then i feel like horrible the whole time because like basically my marco polo app is blowing up and everybody's just doing all this work and i'm like uh i didn't even bring my computer but so i just want to thank all i just want to thank all of you guys for all of your hard work and i'm so excited for this next season and the guests we already have lined up some of the things we have planned um i, I think it's going to be a well, lot of fun. It's going to be a blast. I know season two is going to be fun. Okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But Your you know what's better than season fun. two? You know what's better than season two? What's the that? merch over at Fade to Grey Podcast. <laughs> well, come on, tell us, about, tell us about the merch. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've got uh we've oh gosh we've got everything we've got shirts we've i was gonna take it so so disgustingly wrong um so you can get uh truly you can get fade to gray fleshlight absolutely that's yes thank you one size does not fit all yes and in your mold that's gonna say yes custom fit fleshlights we just received a purchase from joey (laughs) spencer He okay. ordered three of them. That's weird. 
but but truly guys hey uh check out fadegraypodcast.com we have a ton of merch over there it's really cool it's uh it's more than I ever thought would be offered by a podcast. So I'm kind of blown away that the shirts, podcast I'm shirts, a part of has so much everything. merch. Yeah. It's crazy. Even a canvas. You'd get a canvas with all of us looking like uh, Jesus at the round table. Not, not <laughs> blasphemous at all. You know, like, you know, a nice cartoon form if you guys You know, seen. we need to get all of our cartoons at the round table, the, the digital ones where we're doing the secret society hand poses, which uh, for <laughs> listeners, if you haven't oh, picked up on that. That's a spoiler. <laughs> uh, spoiler. Um, so I think that puts, that pretty much puts a bandaid, bandage on it? Bandaid? Band-aid. I don't know. <laughs> you know yep, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it, I think that pretty much puts the lotion on the skin of season one. <laughs> <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you. For listening to Fade to Gray, Thank you. Uh, just a, a random collection of people from around the world uh, offering varying opinions and listening to very varying opinions and uh, talking about them. It's fun. It's fun. Thank you, guys. It's been a great, great season. On to number two. <laughs> <laughs>